Hey, good morning, guys. Yes. Listen, um, if you're new to Coastal and you're enjoying it and you want to figure out a great on-ramp, Saturday uh, evening from 5 to 8.30 is our We Are Coastal class, okay? And in that class, we go through who we are, what we believe, why we do what we do, and then we talk to you about how you can be a part and be in a membership. And so, uh, man, that's a great on-ramp. And so if that interests you, that you can use that Connect card. Let us know on the way out. Drop that in a basket. Just make sure we have, we do have food, we have, we have dinner, we have childcare, and uh, that just helps us get a head count, make sure we have enough, okay? So, man, I'd love for you to check out that class. Fantastic. Fantastic on-ramp. Get your Bibles out, Colossians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in a chair in front of you. Uh, if you don't own a Bible, take that one with you, okay? We'd love for you to have a copy of the Word of God, and uh, especially if you will read it on a regular basis, man. We would love for that and for you to have that. And we're finishing up this letter, Colossians 4, 7 through 18. And, uh, and then next week, we're kind of doing a standalone sermon. And then we're doing a fall series called Go Coastal. And uh, um, that's all I'm going to tell you for now, but it's going to be a great series. And uh, you're not going to want to miss it. And we're coupling it with our small group ministry. So you really, really need to be in a small group during that season, all right? And, uh, and so now we're finishing up this one, Above All Christ, Christ Above All. And the final final part of Paul's letter is really uh, a very personal part of his letter. It's probably uh, the most personal writing we have of the Apostle Paul. He lists many of his friends uh, in the ministry by name. And, uh, and if, you, if you're familiar with your, old, your New Testament, one of the things that you know is that um, Paul, when he writes about the church, and I hope you know when I use the word church, I'm not talking about uh, a building. I'm not talking about some organizational entity out there. Uh, I'm talking about you and I as Christians, right? People are the church, and probably one of the most common um, uh, illustrations that the Apostle Paul uses to describe the church is the word body. He calls it the, the body of Christ. We're the hands and feet of Christ in our world, in our community, in our neighborhoods. And so, uh, and in First Corinthians 12, he even talks about I mean, what happens if a piece of the body is missing. And, uh, you know, it's that time of year, NFL kicks off today. I guess it kicked off Thursday night. Who cares about Thursday night? Anyway, but it kicks off today, excited. And, and one of the ways that you know if if, if a sports team is an idol in your heart, which I battle with that, okay? I have a favorite team and I worry, is when one of them, ha one of the athletes on the team, somebody you've never met, somebody you know nothing about, has an injury and you're all worked up over this person you don't know's injury, right? Uh, does that happen to anybody else besides me? Okay, just me. And so one of the injuries that always bothered me is, you know, you'd hear an athlete would miss six to eight weeks with this injury injury called plantar fascia or turf toe, right? Now, turf toe does not sound like it should keep you out of action for six to eight weeks, right? I mean, like, it's a toe, for goodness sakes. Like, you know, tape it up and get in there. And so I always looked at that injury report, and I get so frustrated when my favorite player was out with turf toe. It just doesn't sound very manly in football. Until the Lord was gracious enough this past summer to give me plantar fascia. And, uh, and then I had a new appreciation for that. I was like, wow, this really hurts, you know. And uh, it took six or eight weeks to get myself back in order. And, and um, you know, with the little spiky ball you roll in your heel. How many of y'all have done that, right? And uh, you try to, it takes a while. And so, uh, but, what the, but it's a great illustration to the church body because, you know, when something as simple as your foot 
or a toe isn't working right, it really hinders everything, yes? And, you know, some of y'all have seen, you know, kind of walk, going around coastal with your little cart, you know, your foot's in a boot, you got the little kneely thing, and, and every time I see it, I'm like, that must be, you know, such a pain in the neck to get through your week like that. And, and so when you're injured, even the smallest part, man, can set the whole body sideways. Well, guess what? Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. And so Paul is building this case in Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, the importance of the entire body. Now, today we're going to look at his kind of his end of his letter, a conclusion of his letter, and he's talking about some of his friends, and I think it perfectly applies to what we're doing today and kind of, kind of the so what. Okay, so before I preach this morning, before we go through this last couple verses, I want to give you a couple assumptions that I have, okay, and, there's, uh, and, and hopefully... I'm kind of thinking like this is what it kind of everybody knows, and so I'm not going to preach on it, but I do want to give you my assumptions, okay? And so if you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christian, you would say, man, I'm just investigating the claims of Christ. I'm checking out church. I'm not yet a Christian. Please know this morning I'm preaching at Christians, directly at Christians, all right? So you kind of get to see me yell at them, and, uh, and so there I'm going to let them have it, all right? And so, but I'm assuming that you know that if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, that the Scriptures teach that the whole Holy Spirit lives inside of you and, of course, steers us and molds us more and more in the image of Christ, but the Holy Spirit also gives us a spiritual gift that we are to use to serve in the local church, right? To, so that the church is, is more equipped to, to mature the believers, win the lost, and take the name of fame of Christ forward, all right? And so I'm assuming you know that. If you don't, the Bible teaches that, and we can talk about that later. So that's my first assumption. The second assumption that I think I'm preaching with is when I use the term ministry, okay? And I'm going to just go for shorthand, I'm going to use that term throughout the sermon, that you understand I am not talking about the preacher up there. Partly I'm talking about the preacher, but I hope you're understanding that every single person in the New Testament as a Christian has a ministry. And at the root of the word ministry is the word service, that we serve the Lord and we serve His church. So going forward, when I use the word ministry, I don't want you to think about people that work at the local church. I want you to think about everybody that calls themselves a Christian. That's my assumption. Yes? Okay, so you got that. So I'm going to, because I'm going to use that over and over and over. And the third thing is that I want you to, the assumption that I'm preaching with this morning is that you understand that serving in a local church is part of your discipleship. To, you know, if, again, you're a Christian, I want to grow to be more like Jesus, then you understand, man, I have to serve in a local church to grow to be more like Christ, okay? And so at Coastal, our vision statement is this. We want to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. That's our vision. That's what we're after. That's why we exist. All that we do, we're always asking, man, is this helping us develop the body of Christ as authentic followers of Jesus Christ. And there's three things that we put all of our emphasis and all of our efforts behind. And a lot, if you've been here a long time, you know, what are our three things? It's what? Connect, what? Grow and serve. Okay, so today we're going to be really focusing in on serving, okay? But uh, next week and the next two weeks, I'm really going to be emphasizing grow. And I think most of us will probably like, yeah, I'm really committed to the corporate worship. That's connect, okay? And I think a lot of us, our spiritual growth kind of ends there. I come on Sunday morning and, and that's all I do. And so at Coastal, you know, we, we understand that growing to be more like 
Christ requires the other two. And if the other two are missing, I want you to think of it as a three-legged stool, then your discipleship's not really growing like it should, man. You're going to lose your balance. There's more that God has for you to grow to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ, okay? So those are my three assumptions this morning. And so with that, let's jump in. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul says as he signs off his farewell to the church of Colossae. The first thing I think he points out is the value of team ministry, all right? That God has designed us to work with others in a team, and there's a great value in that. This letter that the Apostle Paul is writing is, is being written from prison. He, he's been in prison for the cause of the gospel. I want you, I want you to hear that again. He's being, he's in prison because he's a Christian. And by the way, that happens all over the world right now. There are brothers and sisters in Christ that are in prison because they refuse to give up the name and fame of Christ. They refuse to, set, to take the title Christian off of their life. I, I tell you, as we were singing that song, I, this came to my mind. I, I even paused during my singing because am I really willing to declare, though none go with me, though I'm all by myself, though I would be willing to take a stand all the way to the point of prison, though none go with me, man, still I will follow. That's something we have to wrestle with in our hearts, Right? Am I that committed? I hope we are, and Paul was. But even in that, Paul had a team of people that encouraged him. We see that in this passage. Check this out, Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, Titius will, will tell you all about my activities. That's a very important piece right there, okay? That's accountability. He's a beloved brother. He's a faithful minister. He's a fellow servant in the Lord. He says, I've sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that we may encourage your heart. So the first thing is Paul has men surrounding him that, that encourage him. We're not alone when we serve in the ministry. It's very, very important to be in a team ministry. In fact, in Colossians 4.11, if I were to take you through verse 9, 10, and the first part of 11, Paul lists a whole bunch of men around him in his life, and this is what he says about them in, ch in chapter 4, verse 11. He says, and they have been a comfort to me. Listen, when you serve in ministry, there are times that you will get weary and you need to have other brothers and sisters in Christ around you to encourage you. Yes, anybody that's done it for a long time? Right? There's times you just got to call someone and say, man I, need, man, I just need prayer. And we're going to talk about why ministry is so difficult. I remember... When I started this church, man, I was a young guy. Uh, I, think I, I think I was about 30 when I started. I didn't know anything from anything. And, and uh, when we started and, and when I first became the pastor, and, and we went through a lot of change in a very short amount of time. I mean, we merged two churches together. We relocated in, uh, from a building into a, a setup and teardown of our school rental. We raised money in order to get our first piece of land so that we could eventually build. Uh, we made a lot of leadership changes. It just went on and on and on. And, and after, you know, I don't know, six or seven or eight years of this, man, I was really emotionally tired. And, you know, a lot of churches, leadership will, will turn on a pastor and say, man, what's wrong with you? You know, you know, buck up, little camper, you know, kind of thing. I don't know if anybody ever says that, but uh, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Um, I should probably resign right now, but... Um, 
And, and my team of elders surrounded me and they encouraged me and they gave me a sabbatical. They gave me four weeks off. You know, no one does that. And, and they said, hey, just go get refreshed. It's been a long season. And, and they acknowledged that and they loved me and they encouraged me. And so, man, we, it, the importance of team ministry, we need that. We need that, we need that to support. Paul talks about his support, support one another, right? And, and he, he lists these men that he served with that were a support to him, both spiritually encouraging, but, but probably a support in regards to time, talent, and treasure. They helped him with talent. They helped him with finances. They, they helped him with treasure. And finally, you know, Paul says in verse 7, he says, Titius will come and tell about my uh, activities. That's accountability, that we have people in our lives that, you know, for falling into sin, we'll call a spade a spade. And, and, you know, I tell our elders at Coastal all the time, I'm like, probably it's one of your most important jobs here is to make sure that your lead pastor is a Timothy 3 guy. Timothy 3 is, the, lay, Paul lays out the qualifications to be a pastor. And I said, your job is to ask those questions if you need to, uh, so that we can build trust in the community, right? And all that's a good thing. And Paul says, Titius is being sent to you to talk about what I've been doing and hold him accountable. And those are good things. Team ministry is important. Second thing is this, all right? Paul then lays out what, uh, when you minister and when you serve in the body of Christ, what your characteristics are, the character of a minister. And I'm not talking about the moral characters, that's Timothy 3, but kind of the, uh, the spirit about you, because he calls Titius a beloved brother. Brother. He says, man, I love serving with this guy. It's what I call the friendship factor. You know, when we serve together in a local church, there, there should be an enjoyment about it. And, you know, so, and I made this joke a couple weeks ago. Like, sometimes I hang around Christians, they look so grumpy, and I'm like, do you have the joy of the Lord? And they're like, yeah, I have the joy of the Lord. Well, tell your face, you know, like, so it's lagging, you know. And, and sometimes even, in, like, there's kind of this grumpiness at times around, around servants in the church, you know. And, and, and Paul's like, man, I enjoy being with Tish. He's a beloved brother. We enjoy our time together. And, and, and so that's part of the characteristic of serving. He also says Titius was a faithful minister. He was faithful. In other words, when he signed up to do something, his yes was a yes, correct? I was talking to a, one of our members recently, and, and they, they, they lead a ministry here that takes place every single Sunday, all three-minute services. So they actually, they get here early, probably 7, 7.15. They're here till the last service is over. And I looked at this person a couple weeks ago, and I said, man, I always see you here. Like, we, we need to get you some help. We need some people to help you. You shouldn't have to do this every, you know, 52 weeks a year. That's too much. And he said, I had some people, and they just didn't show up. And I'm like, that's a head scratcher to me. And I'm, and I'm going to challenge us with that in just a minute. But, you know, like, just let your yes be a yes. Don't sign up and not show up. But if you sign up, show up. Titius was a faithful minister. He took responsibility. Paul also says he was a bondservant to Christ. Uh, the word bondservant is, is, it's literally the word slave, that he was a slave to Christ. Titius loved the Lord. And listen, when you love the Lord and you serve the Lord, you love what the Lord loves. You love what Jesus loves. And if you love what Jesus loves, you love his church. Yes? 
And I know what happens. Listen, I've been doing it a long time. We're even going to cover this in a moment because I think the Apostle Paul covers it. But listen, when you serve a long time and you serve people, your feelings get hurt from time to time because we're all sinners. You group enough sinners in a room together, we're going to disappoint one another. And so we have, and, and the gospel gives us the means to deal with our hurts. Matthew 18, somebody hurts you, go talk to a brother one-on-one. Flesh it out, figure it out. If you can't come to a conclusion, bring someone else with you. Bring an elder or a pastor and work it through. But, man, we have a way to work through our hurts. But here's the deal, all right? We're ultimately, because we love Christ, we love people. Because our Savior loves people. He loves you. He died for you. He paid the penalty of your sin. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father, He rose again from the grave that we have hope and life. And so if we're servants of Christ, we love what He loves. That's the characteristic of a minister and those who do ministry. The third thing we see here is the passion for ministry. You have to have passion for ministry, a place to serve. Again, remember, I'm not talking about the preacher, right? When I talk about ministry, I'm talking about everybody that's a Christian that has a ministry. And we have to have a passion for our ministry. Paul goes on in verse 12 of Colossians 4. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, he greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Heropolis. So a couple things, right? He says, this guy Epaphras, who probably, we're not 100% sure, but probably was the pastor of this church at Colossae, he, he, he says he struggled in prayer. Listen, when you do ministry, it's hard, and it's hard spiritual work. And, and the, especially the discipline of prayer is a discipline that you have to struggle with. And, and I think there are people that have maybe the spiritual gift of prayer, but then the rest of us, man, it's a discipline that you roll up your sleeves and you, you go to work and Epaphras, man, it was a discipline and it was a struggle. And, and, he, and he genuinely struggled with this because he genuinely, genuinely cared for his people. And you could just see this passion oozing out of Epaphras and Paul commending him. And the second thing you see is that he had a purpose in his ministry. The purpose was the spiritual maturity of others. Okay, so, so and, uh, when I let you out early today and I say, hey, I want you to go find a place to serve in the ministry and the missions of Coastal, okay? When I let you out early, I want you to understand the purpose of our ministry is so that, the, so that believers will grow in maturity in Christ and the lost will be found and start on the path of discipleship, okay? It is for the maturity of the, of the people in our church body. You serve so that all of us may grow into the fullness of Christ. The third thing Paul says, says is Epaphras worked hard. Listen, ministry is hard work. It's hard work. It's not for the lazy. You're yet, you have to be faithful. Your, your yes is a yes. Some of you are going to leave here today, man. You're going to sign up for a ministry, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's been a while, and I'm just preparing you. There'll be moments that it's hard work. I, um, I was telling... Um, some young guys recently, they're preparing for vocational ministry. 
I said, listen, the, the thing about ministry, and those of you who've been serving in, in any form of ministry for a long period of time, you'll know what I'm about to say. You're going to nod and go, yeah, that's true. Ministry has what I call higher highs and lower lows than your average thing in life because you're working with people. And there's people that you work with, man, they're beloved brothers, and you get to serve them. You watch God work through your ministry and through your service, and they grow closer to the Lord, and you see families healed, and you see addictions overcome, and, you know, all this really cool stuff. And, man, it, that's a high, and it's awesome. And then you see people that you've served for a long period of time, and they leave, and you have no idea why. Or maybe you had to make a decision and they don't like the decision and they leave, you know, and these are people that you've served. And we see that here. The Apostle Paul actually, in the next verse we're going to get in just a moment, he commends a man by the name of Demas. He says, Demas says hi to you or welcomes you. And, and then if you were to read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Paul says, Demas deserted me. And so he knows the lows of ministry. And ministry's hard work, and that's why it's an emotional. If you sign up, it's going, there's going to be days that it just, it just takes commitment. Your yes has to be a yes, and it's hard work. I remember a couple months ago, I think it was last spring, um, I wasn't preaching one week. And, um, and so I decided to go out and do the parking team. And uh, so I went out on, on the parking lot and... and um, as I was parking cars, there were so many people, they were like, oh my goodness, our pastor's out here. Like, what a humble guy. He's just so humble to serve the Lord out here parking cars. And I was like, I ain't humble. It's a 60 degree day. I'd rather be outside today than inside, you know? And I'm purely selfish. I'm not out there today when it's pouring down rain, okay? I can assure you of that. And, you know, the parking team, you sign up for the parking team, and most days it's, they have a lot of fun and are energetic, but there will be some December and January days where it will be 35 degrees and raining, okay? And they're out there serving, and sometimes it's just hard work, okay? And so Paphras, Paul commends Epaphras for his hard work, okay? The fourth thing we see here is that God uses all kinds of talents to serve his local church. So there's the spiritual gift, but there's also talents that maybe you have that you can use to serve the church. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul says, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Okay? Now, here's where you just, you probably need a little bit of maybe Bible knowledge to understand why this is important, right? Does anybody know who, what Luke did for a living? Anybody know what he did for a living? He was a doctor, all right? Luke was a doctor. I would suggest he might be the first medical missionary, right? And so, and he was traveling. We can tell that he was traveling with Paul. And Luke wrote, and Luke was educated. He, he had a good intellect. And, and he, God used that intellect, actually, to, for him to write two books of the Bible, right? He wrote the Gospel, Luke. But what else did he write? Anybody know? Or the book of Acts, right? And he's very clear in the gospel of Luke that he, he did a lot of research. Like, I mean, so when you're, by the way, if you, you want to know, like, how do we know we can trust the Bible? Like, Luke was a smart guy, and Luke did his homework. It's a very, the gospel of Luke's a very academic, well thought out, well researched gospel. And, and so Paul here commends Luke as someone using his talent to serve the efforts and the church planning ability of the Apostle Paul. I tell you that to say there are so many people in this church that have used their incredible talents to bless the ministry of the church. I would not be exaggerating to say that the talent that has been donated to Coastal Community Church, if Coastal had to stroke checks 
for the professional talent that was donated here, it, it, would, it would be in the millions. It would be in the millions, and I'm, I'm, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, we've, we've had accountants, sales reps, engineers, architects, lawyers, skilled craftsmen, tradesmen, contractor licenses, medical personnel, first responders, teachers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the people who have, who have dedicated their talent and their vocation to help this local body. And, and, and I think Luke kind of patterns that for us. So we serve the Lord with our, with our spiritual gift. We serve the Lord with our talent to be sure. And your experiences can help further the gospel when we, you know, surrender it all truly and say, Lord, all that I have is yours. The final thing is this, and um, this was a sentence that I crafted after hours and hours of thinking about it. So here we go. Not serving is not an option. I don't know. Not serving is not an option. Man, if you're, if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you, it is expected of a Christ follower to serve in the local church. Paul here actually, um, I don't know if this is a church where he kind of gets up in the business of a guy that's not using his, his talent and his gifting. And this is what he says. He says, and say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. See that you fulfill the ministry that you've received in the Lord. Not serving is not an option. You're part of the body. The body is incomplete if you don't serve. If there's not a place that you're giving to this ministry, maturing the believers, the, to the body of Christ is incomplete. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 15 and following, Paul, Paul writes in this, kind of using this illustration of the body, he says, no part of the body gets to tell another part of the body you're not important. And no part of the body gets to look at another part of the body and say, I'm not doing it, right? I mean, if, if you, you know, I, my mind this morning went to Veggie Tales. I know, uh, deep thinking. And so, uh, Veggie Tales with Bob, right? And he sings the song, If My Lips Ever Left My Mouth, Packed a Bag and Headed South. Anybody in the next line? That'd be too bad, right? That'd be too bad. So, you know, like you don't get to say, I'm not a part of the body anymore. My lips don't get to say, I'm out of here. I don't know. And this is, I'm struggling this morning. All right. <clears throat> And I think what we do a lot is we walk around the church building and we see that everything's taken care of, at least as best as we can tell. And so they're like, well, somebody must be doing it. Can I challenge you with something? We need redundancy around every single ministry. Really? So that people can have a rest, people can have a Sabbath. Because the, the, the church and the gospel can't be built on any one person. It requires the body to go forward. And by the way, when I don't preach on a given Sunday, and the reason I use a teaching team, I know a lot of people are like, man, you're off again. And, you know, part of that is because I wanted to develop a church that's not built on one single individual. I wanted to build a church on the preaching of the Word of God so that Pastor Sean gets hit by a bus this week. Uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, so if Pastor Sean gets hit by a bus this week, like Coastal keeps going, and there's qualified ministers that open the Word and say, we're preaching the Word, we're going to keep going. Yes? So I can work myself out of a job, right? And we should be doing that. There's, there needs to be, there's a place for you to serve. 
And listen, when it gets hard, and, 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 and listen, I understand there's a place for rest, and maybe you're, you've been in that place. Maybe you served to the point of exhaustion, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. And there is a place for a rest, and there's a place for a Sabbath, and you've got to learn your rhythm and kind of how you're wired up and you know, how you need to rest. And, and there is a place to press pause, but there is no place for I'm not doing it. There's no place for I quit. There's no place for, man, I'm not going to be involved. Paul challenges us, man, the Lord has given you a ministry and you need to use it to serve the body. And I can tell you, I'm, I'm going sh- to share something really personal, okay? And, and it's always a little risky to share it in front of a lot of people, but probably for the first decade or maybe more of my ministry, I I wrestled with kind of a, a melancholy spirit of like kind of a woe is me, and I, I tend to be Eeyore anyway out of all the characters in Pooh, you know, some of y'all are Tigger, like, woo, fun, 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 whatever, come back to reality, Tigger kind of thing, that's kind of my stance, you know, but, um, but I wrestled with kind of this melancholy spirit of like, man, it's hard, wah, 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 wah. And, then, and then the Lord gave me this verse out of 2 Timothy 4, and it's kind of been a, a, a big life verse for me where Paul says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And you can say, what in the world does that mean? I'll tell you why it spoke to me. The Apostle Paul was saying, you know what? My life is an offering ultimately to the Lord. My life's an offering to the Lord. And and I kind of, God used this verse to say, man, stop wah-wah, you know? And when I feel that kind of that spirit or my mind kind of going there, I, I just come back to this verse. I say, you know what? My God has put me in this church to be an offering, not to, in, to the Lord ultimately. And so not serving is not an option. Not being in the ministry that God has knitted you up for and made you is not an, is not an option. In fact, as I was thinking about this this morning, this is what I wrote down. I wrote this down. It says, my life is an offering to the Lord, but a blessing to the body. I want you to hear that again. My life is an offering that ultimately I'm serving the Lord, but God uses our gifts and talents to be a blessing to the entire body. You have a part to play. There is a part where you're a blessing to the church body. And in that, we, we grow to be, to be more like Jesus Christ. It's part of the tool, it's one of the tools that the Lord gives us for discipleship. Paul says, say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I want to show you a video this morning. Um, there's, not a, there's not a ton of people, probably 50-ish maybe, uh, that have been here before me. This is one of the ones that have been here longer than me. Uh, I was trying to think through someone that Man, it just served the Lord so faithfully, and there's many, 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 so I, the danger and risk of, of choosing one, okay? Um, but th- this is a person that, uh, this is Maggie Lapastora. Maggie, since before I got here, served in children's ministry. She's here almost every single week serving our children's ministry. She does it faithfully. She does it as an offering, as unto the Lord. In fact, there's been, in Maggie's time of serving, we've been through very diff, you know, many different children's ministers that have served in our children's ministry. Um, she's seen a ton of change. Uh, she's 
to my knowledge, has probably met in six or seven or eight locations. Uh, and one time I asked her, I said, how is it that you've served all these years, you know, and, and never gotten frustrated or always been faithful? And she goes, well, I, you know, I trust that you're the leader and God's put you and the elders to lead the church. And, and, um, and I was called to do this and do it with a joyful heart. So it doesn't matter really who's in charge. I'm ultimately serving the Lord. So I want you to hear her testimony. This is Maggie Lapastore. Check this out. Hi, my name is Maggie Lapastora. I started attending Coastal Community Church back in 1992, this month, back in 1992, uh, when it was still called Bay Rivers Community. We attended after we came back from Germany. We were looking for church for several months, and when we found Coastal Community Church, I knew right then and there that this was the church God wanted us to be in. I was not raised in a church, and I did not even know many of the children's Bible stories. I started by assisting the teacher in my son's class, and as I grew as a Christian, I learned from the, the teacher and I got more experience as I went along and I got more comfortable. I knew that I needed to do something for God. I couldn't just sit back and relax and watch everybody else do the job. And when I saw that there was a need in Children's Ministry Church, I stepped up and said, well, I can help. I don't have to do it, but I can help whatever is needed in the back, cutting something or helping children go potty or anything at all. And that's what started. And then I learned that I was actually gifted or talented in that area, and I really enjoyed being around the children, and so I continued and learned, and as I grew as a Christian, I grew as a teacher. I, there's always circumstances and things that happen, and you want to say, you know what, let somebody else do it, I just need to take a break from it, but then I realize, if I don't do it, then who else? And so with every ministry, in any ministry, if we just sit back and say somebody else can do it, nobody's going to do it, so we all have to step up. It has nourished my soul because I know I can give something to those children, and, and this is hard to explain, but I know God gave me something to give to those children, so I can be His hands and feet. I can do what He wants me to do, and then in turn, these children will grow up and do their part in this world. I was intimidated. I was very intimidated, and so if you're sitting out there and you're thinking that, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that for one reason or another, I would say at least try it. Try it, see how it fits in your, in your life. It's not just on Sunday morning. There's so many ministries that you can serve throughout the week, during the week, once a month, twice a month. It doesn't have to be every Sunday morning. And just think about it and pray about it and step out of that comfort zone and try Great stuff. Thank you, Maggie. Um, so here's what we're going to do, all right? I want everybody to get out your card. Okay, your card has a bunch of... Um, tons and tons of ministries that we do at Coastal Community Church, and the card is connected to a map. So on your way out today, there's a map. So if there's a particular ministry that you want to talk to and just get a little bit more information, there's somebody out there that will talk to you. As you're looking at this map and these ministries, maybe there's something you go, you know what, I, I, I know I want to do that. Then you take the gray and white card, you fill it out, you drop it in the baskets on the way out, and we will get with you and get you plugged in, okay? And within the next week or two, we got, we're going to have a lot of people to contact. We're going to do our best to contact them in, a, in an expedient matter, okay, and get you plugged in. And so the deal is this. I'm letting you out a few minutes early, and it's not so you can go beat the Methodists and Catholics to the buffet, all right? Um, thank you. It is for you to find a place to serve the church body, all right? And so we're going to finish with this. This letter is about Christ above all. That was the theme of the letter. The Apostle Paul says, man, Christ is above all. And so very practically, that means that we serve Christ's body, His church. 
And we do that for the maturing of the believers, the seeking and the saving of the lost, and the making famous of our King of Kings, Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, find a place to serve. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for this body of believers getting up early, coming out in the bad weather, worshiping you. And Father, I, there are, there are um, there's some people sitting here, God, that right now they're nervous. Your spirit's been working on them. They, there's a place there knowing that they probably should sign up and they're scared to try. I pray, Father, that um, they would take the next steps of obedience and serve you, God, and watch how you use that obedience to mold them more and more into the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your church body. Thank you that you use ordinary people to display the incredible, extraordinary gospel of Jesus Christ. Surely you could have done it another way, God, but you choose to use us so that the name and fame of Christ will go forward. And we thank you for that. We're humbled by that opportunity. And so, God, we have a, we have a, num a limited number of days. And help us to use them well for the fame and glory of our Savior Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.